This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. Good morning. Welcome to Product Coffee. Product Coffee is a podcast where product managers and other product professionals come to learn more about the latest and greatest in the product space. Um, pick up a few new tips and tricks and seek to level up their product careers. Today, um, today I'll be your host alongside David Odukoya. My name is Jake Worland. Today, we are joined by the one and only Lindsay Thrift. Lindsay, it is great to have you on. We're super excited to have you on Product Coffee. Thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Post-pandemic Product Coffee visit. Yeah. So for for those who have been longtime Product Coffee listeners, Lindsay actually joined us pre-pandemic in a live Product Coffee recording at the Denver Startup Week, um, which was feels like eons ago. Um, but yeah, so Lindsay is a, is a product coffee veteran. The coffee is strong and hot still. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, why don't we jump right on in? Um, tell us a little bit about what you do. Actually, I should probably introduce you a little bit more. Um, Lindsay is the VP of product at Gitcoin, um, which is an organization that is on a mission to build an internet that is open source, collaborative, and economically empowering. Um, can't wait to get a little bit more into what that means and the kind of work that you're doing. But Lindsay's also been very involved um, and held leadership positions at VMware and before that Pivotal pre-acquisition um, and also has a, a long product history at other companies like Trendly and Green Chef. So a true pro's pro at the product thing. Um, so yeah, Lindsay, tell us a little bit about, about your journey and how did you wind up at Gitcoin? How did, how did that company and organization speak to you? Yeah, well, I mean, I wound up at Gitcoin ultimately because of Kyle Weiss. If you're a local Colorado listener, you might know Kyle from Colorado Product. Um, He was the COO of Gitcoin until the beginning of this year um, when he resigned um, to become the the director of our foundation, which is a part of our DAO, our Decentralized Autonomous Organization, which we can get into the nuance of a little bit later if we want. Um, but Kyle was the founder of Colorado Product, um, so he ultimately pulled me down the uh, crypto rabbit hole and into Gitcoin. But um, <clears throat> my, I'm really excited about being in the web free space and crypto because my career pre-tech um, was actually in social work um, and thinking more about economic systems. Um, where I moved out to Colorado, I was working with um, the homeless population and um, trying to build some um, opportunities in that space. Um, I ultimately left and entered economic development, um, which got me into micro lending and ultimately into fintech, um, where I found myself in love with product management, um, where if you've heard me speak about it before, I see product management as like the sweet spot between um, tech, um, people, teams, and impact. Um, I've really found a special um, special role for myself to like really leverage my passion and my um 
ability to both be kind of like down in the weeds and tactical um, while also interacting with people and building strong teams. Um, so I landed at Gitcoin. Kyle said, we need some help building um, at scale product teams. We need to do it in a decentralized space um, where teams are self-organizing. Um, and it was really the culmination of um, coming into a space. Crypto is in a season um, that we refer to as being regenerative. Um, a lot of folks got into crypto several years ago um, for the the upside, um, the potential lottery ticket you might have gotten if you bought Bitcoin many years ago or bought some Ether many years ago. Um, but now we're at a point where there's blockchain and cryptocurrency has a lot of opportunity um, to be regenerative. Um, there's a whole rabbit hole you can go down on regenerative economics. Um, look up Kevin Owaki, he's a founder of Gitcoin. Um, a lot of fun to start exploring that space, but I really see my time at Gitcoin and um, now in the Web3 crypto space um, as an opportunity to bring um, full circle uh, my passion for social good um, and impact alongside technology and organizing product teams. So that's a really unique story. And uh, it's funny because everyone always has a different story. Everyone, if you ask Jake, if you ask myself. So yeah, it's really great to hear your story. I'd like you to go a little bit into um, your product team at Geekcoin, how do you measure success? Uh, do you have goals or what are your goals centered around? Are they like revenue, user adoption, uh, inclusivity, uh, engagement, well, whatever they are, how do you yeah. measure those? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, what we're building at Gitcoin, um, if you go to our website right now, you'll see the whole history of Gitcoin is living on the gitcoin.co website. Um, everything from products called kudos and quests that were for learning about the space to bounties so that you could um, do a small project and get paid for it um, to our grants platform, um, which is uh, in a sense crowdfunding for open source software and for funding public goods. Where we're going into the future um, is centering around grants. Um, the idea of building and funding public goods um, is very much becoming mainstream um, in the Web3 space. A public good, um, for those that aren't familiar with the economic concept, is um, a non-excludable, non-rivalrous um, asset. Um, you could think of like roads and parks and schools and libraries. These are things that are public goods that you and I share. Like my going to the library doesn't take away your opportunity, David, to go to the library. Um, those are That's a public good. We see open source software as a public good, and that's where we started. Um, where um, much of like, uh, even in our Web2 space, the economic value of the products that you're building today are likely built on open source software, um, which means you probably like, oh, we're let's try this new thing. We'll build a Greenfield app. We have a new feature. Um, you don't really think twice about whether or not you could do that. There's a library that exists that you can likely just pull down open source and use. Um, that is a public good. <laughs> there is likely a maintainer behind that. Um, that's making little to nothing um, for that contribution to your um, economic value that you're going to get off of building that. Um, and so the big mission of the grants program initially was to build and fund digital public goods in the form of open source software so that someone building and maintaining open source software was no longer doing that for free, um, but they were all, they were being rewarded for what they were giving um, to the collective. Um, this kind of paints a like, great picture of where Gitcoin is going into the future as well, because there are all kinds of other public goods like I was mentioning before in the physical space, um, even when it comes to like climate change um, and carbon credits, and there's all kinds of various public goods that could be funded. And so the Gitcoin um, platform um, is 
being built to build and to continue funding public goods. Um, these grants programs are becoming pretty mainstream um, where most um, crypto organizations are finding a way um, to return some of the economic value, be it from their tokens, um, from their exchanges, whatever it is, um, to return that to public goods in some form or fashion. So they have a pool of funds that they want to deploy towards public goods projects. Uh, so into the future, we are building uh, a decentralized version of what we have today. Um, on the Gitcoin.co website right now is a, we joke about it being a Web 2.5 product, um, meaning it's like largely built on a Web 2 stack, but uses some smart contracts um, and algorithms that make them and we exchange tokens um, on it. And so in that sense, it's Web 2.5. Um, but it does mean that for someone to run a grant program, they have to come to us um, to run it. They have to run it on our platform, on our schedule, using our eligibility criteria. So all of my product teams um, going forward are actually a part of this decentralized ecosystem um, where we're building a set of protocols um, that would allow anyone to come and spin up and run their own grants program with full sovereignty of that. You could decide your own eligibility criteria. You could decide like what time frame you want to run it, like who is eligible, how you like what kind of matching algorithms do you want to use for deploying your matching funds. Um, so we're building that. This means that like my teams are actually organized around um, metrics and values that are like, how do we make this um, self-sovereign? How do we make it accessible? Um, how do we ensure that it's delivering impact? Um, so uh, I've really had to like unwind my mind from how do I acquire just more users? Um, how do I monetize this? Like, like these are really common yeah. metrics that we use in the product space yeah. like, are not yeah. what I'm looking for anymore. Um, it's like, how can I measure impact? How do I know that these protocols we're building will deliver maximum impact? Are they maximally useful? Um, are they modular and composable? Um, so I think like having great documentation so other developers can build upon them. Um, going to market with a partner um, is also huge. Um, if I can go to market with a partner and it's not just built by us, um, then I know that it's a public good for others. Um, and I can continue to build partnerships on top of it. Others can come and build this protocol with us. Um, so that was a long-winded, like, here's how my product teams are structured and um, maybe how we're measuring impact differently. Metrics are different. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I think it's it's such a really compelling mix of modern technology, but also put to public use and um, public good, uh, pun intended. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about what are there are there particular kind of themes or categories of public goods that Gitcoin tends to gravitate more towards, or perhaps the folks who engage with your platform tend to gravitate towards, or is it totally just all over the place? And it's really just matter doesn't doesn't have any sort of semblance of single categories or focuses. Great question. Um, it's definitely evolved over time. Um, yeah. Or actually, if you if you look at the um, the centralized platform that we're running on today, you have to have a GitHub account um, yeah. to sign up and contribute, um, which speaks to where we started. Um, a lot of our yeah. initial rounds were like deep Ethereum infrastructure projects. Um, mm -hmm. And they were, a, a lot of the funding was an exchange across like other builders, you know, they'd connect their GitHub account um, that they had because they were building open source software. Um, and that's how they would choose which projects they were contributing to. We've evolved since then where initially we scaled that main Ethereum round um, with more and more funds into that one matching pool. 
Um, and then reached a point of, you know, we're going to have some categories um, so that someone could come and browse more specifically. And those were things like we did an NFT category as NFTs were starting to take off. And um, we did some like regional categories. We're like, we want to create more accessibility in Africa. And so we want to fund projects in Africa. Um, we want mm. to, I think there was a, maybe a, an Asia round as well. Um, mm. So they kind of started like creating these themes for those categories. And then over time, um, especially in the last like year, um, we've found that there are specific partners that have come to us and said, oh, we like Uniswap is one. Um, you know, we want to we we want to run around where other builders that are building on top of Uniswap will come. We want to deploy some of our funds um, to help expand the Uniswap ecosystem. Um, so that will bring a whole class of users just around trading and DeFi and like the, the Uniswap protocol. Um, and then more recently in the last six months, um, our last couple of rounds, um, we've gotten into these thematic categories where people care about climate change. Um, our last yeah. round that we ran in March, we did one for Ukraine. Um, and we ran a round that was on Ukrainian journal, like free journalism in Ukraine, um, hmm. funding journalists that were like on boots on the ground ensuring that they had what they needed to try to like, cause that public good of journalism, we wanted to continue to fund. Um, so I think it's it's evolving. <laughs> We're seeing yeah, everything from yeah. like deep crypto infrastructure now through like cause, and I think this is that regenerative piece I was mentioning before. Yeah. Um, where we're entering this season of people seeing the opportunity to use crypto um, as an opportunity to like just be more flexible to deploy capital, um, to have influence and impact in a way that you we've been unable to in our like generally hierarchical society um, mm -hmm. where you don't always have the ability to, to move that quickly or to have that kind of impact. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. A bit of follow up to that. I was just uh, wondering, do, do you, would you consider yourself um, catering more to businesses or to consumers? So I, would you see yourself more as a B2B or a B2C? Or do you even think that way in this space? Don't even, that even think way? that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. really don't even think that way. That's what I thought. <laughs> but I was like, I, I want to, what, what would be a good mental bridge? Um, uh, I, I think a lot about mental bridges, actually, to be honest. Like, uh, okay. Gitcoin was, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't deep in crypto before. Um, I wasn't in crypto at all before Gitcoin. Um, and so I'm often thinking about, like, what are the mental bridges there? Um, I think, you know, when we talk about B2B and B2C and like classic product management, I think we're really trying to understand like who is my end user and what do they care about, right? right? Like you care about being B2B because like you you think about the way you serve a, a business differently than a consumer. A consumer is like instant. Right. Did I get your attention? Did I convert you right away? B2B mm -hmm. is like long sales cycles and you have a job to get done and super high quality over the long haul. So you think about those two camps differently. Um, I think in my space, uh, like in, in this like kind of web three space and particularly this like public goods and what we're building these protocols, um, everything still feels like a two-sided marketplace to me um, where you're built like on one hand, I'm building a protocol that I hope will be used by other developers to build on top of. Um, like I hope that another developer will come and build a curation mechanism for our grants registry um, mm -hmm. so that other grant programs can use our registry and they can find the grants that are most important to them using a curation mechanism that makes sense to their goals. Um, 
But my objective is not to build all of that on night loan. So one of my markets is going to be these like developers um, who could also build on top of our protocol. Um, one of my other markets is going to be grantees. These are people building projects of their own. Um, and then my third market is going to be people with pools of capital to be deployed. Um, you know, so like there's kind of always like I'm trying to meet the needs of these various groups. Um, they probably behave a little bit more like B2B um, for the most yeah. part. Um, but there's still that B2C element of like, yeah, was it intuitive? Are people going to stick around? Um, we're entering a season of crypto where um, user experience matters more than it used to. Um, sure. I don't know how much either of you have interacted with um, crypto projects and wallets and um, some of the uh, user experience is quite clunky and confusing. It's not always mm -hmm. human readable. Um, and, but we're very much entering a season where like lots of people care about climate change and like Ukrainian journalism. And, um, sure. they, but mm -hmm. how do I use my MetaMask wallet? <laughs> Why am I getting yeah. this error? You know, like we have to, we need, we're beginning to need to overcome that. And that piece feels pretty analogous to that B2C experience. Would you say that Gitcoin is effectively trying to drive or provide incentives for open source projects towards public ends? Yeah, for sure. Um, like yeah. I think we're, we always want, uh, like, Open source, um, I think open source and public good are sort of one and the same. Um, sure. In my mind, like if yeah. I'm building this open source, like I believe that like anyone can make use of it, that it's good for you. Um, yeah. I'm also like, you're you're always working towards, like we talk about positive sum games. Um, nice. Like, yeah. like I'm always working towards like whatever I'm building, like serving the purpose I have and making your life better too. Like sure. I hope that by us building a growing Gitcoin grants protocol, I'm not taking away from you but I'm creating a positive sum game where like now it's easier to deploy capital or projects that need it um, and, yeah. and deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like enabling innovation in some ways is what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. 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 So I guess one question I have is why, why is Gitcoin successful now? Like what is it about the current time period? Maybe it's the technology, maybe it's the macro climate, maybe it's things going on in the world, but what is it about the current time period that would make Gitcoin successful today as opposed to, say, Gitcoin being founded 15 years ago? Mm -hmm. Shoot. Like I thought you were going to say, like, 15 years from now. I was like, well, that, that one I can answer, <laughs> but, man, 15 years ago. Um, you know, I, I mean, 15 years ago, like, we were still, like, monet like, everything was about monetization, the rise of yeah. advertising and, you know, totally. like, um, digital advertising and being able to, like, it was very like very much like extracting. Um, I think we're just at a point where like I'm so sick of targeted ads. <laughs> like I don't sure. want to talk to my husband about something and see it on my phone two hours later. <laughs> um, you know, but like it's not because I talked to him. It's certainly because he Googled it afterwards and it showed up in my, you know, like, but yeah, that's yeah. the experience where we're having where like I have no sovereignty over <laughs> like my experience anymore because like my data is everywhere and um, it's extractionary. And like, for goodness, I would love it if every LinkedIn recruiter that reached out to me had to pay me for my data. Um, but instead, like LinkedIn is making a gajillion dollars um, off of letting other people mine my data and be a pain in my inbox. <laughs> like, um, you know, I, I think we're kind of reaching the like, that point where people are like, yeah, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> like, yeah. the internet was cool, but now it's kind of annoying. <laughs> Um, and so I think those are the kinds of things that are starting to make like Gitcoin is just positioned at a moment in time where, um, 
crypto feels less like a Ponzi scheme. Um, I say less to some people, it's very much still a Ponzi scheme and it's still very skeptical. Um, but as you get into it, you start to see these opportunities and people are like, yeah, okay, there's another way of thinking about this. There's a different way to do it. Like people's minds are a bit more open. Um, and given that Gitcoin started four years ago, survived a bear market um, and really gained traction at a time when there weren't a ton of players in the space, me and so like mm-hmm. we're well known. Um, we've helped start some, like Uniswap was a very first grant of ours. Uniswap is now like a main project that you might interact with in your first encounter with crypto. Um, and so Gitcoin having been at the beginning of building a lot of, um, I don't know, just building a lot of like the beginning parts of this ecosystem, um, gives us a lot of that momentum, um, to keep going, to keep identifying and to keep empowering others to grow the space. Yeah, this, uh, just, uh, just building a bit on Jake's uh, previous question kind of takes me back to, you know, the days of Sun, Sun Microsystems and, uh, see my, my SQL, those open source, uh, huge companies back then. And, uh, just wondering what, uh, when do you think an organization would want to consider like building on open source, like having that as their bedrock, as opposed to other companies that builds uh using privately held code i think as long as someone is the temp like as long as your mission i think is to like extract and make like maximal um, like fee and money off of or like some sort of secret sauce um like those are all things that you know like of course you you lock it up <laughs> like um <laughs> you know it's your secret sauce is you're, you're trying to monetize that um whereas when you're building open source um your intention is much more to like give value back. Um, and I think even at that point, like create utility for the space. We talk a ton about utility. Um, and if my protocol is being used, um, then I have built utility. I have impact um, and I can be- begin to exchange value with other open source projects. Um, and so, you know, when would I make that decision to build open source? Um, anymore, I kind of think like, in the web three space, like why wouldn't you build it open source? <laughs> um, why wouldn't you take advantage of the opportunity for someone to come in and make your product better? Um, there is a book called building in public. Um, that I think is really, um, a really interesting read on open source. There's uh, essentially the assumption is that has always been that open source software is maintained by communities, um, and that everyone maintains it collectively. But the reality is that like, it's usually maintained by a small group of people. Um, and the open source nature, the fact that it's transparent and anyone can see it, um, leads less often to somebody actually forking it or copying it um, and building it for themselves. And more often for them being able to just wait in directly with you and say like, as your user, I really wish you would add this. I don't have time to, but I'm using your product to do this thing. Um, you know, so I, I think just recognizing that um, transparency and building in, in public and um, for public good um, doesn't necessarily like it's not it, there is positive some gain in doing that you don't have to worry about the scarcity mindset of like if I put it out there someone's going to steal it um, like that's probably less likely to be the case <laughs> it's just more that like cool now as a developer I can see what your code is I can I can observe this utility um, understand how it works does it meet my needs maybe there's a small change I could ask you for um, and I, I'll probably do that through a pull request, um, versus going through your, you know, your user feedback form somewhere. 
How does, so given all these changes, how does, if at all, how does product management change as a function, like your job and how you coach your teams? Um, does product management as a function, as a job change in the world you now inhabit versus say the world you lived in at Pivotal or VMware even before that at Trendly? Yeah, I think um, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, especially as we're building our product team. And the biggest thing to me is that I think you really have to become a community manager. Mm. Like it's yeah. And actually, I think this highlights the best of product management. I've said for years, like the worst product managers I ever worked with were the ones that thought they had all the good ideas. <laughs> just yeah. like, ugh, you're just annoying to be around. <laughs> <laughs> because like I need to try to convince you that like that's probably not a great idea. Like, have you read the data? But you're so committed. So um really like the best product managers have always been the ones that brought together the best ideas, anyways, right? Like they're the ones that like can synthesize, um, they can listen to like opposing ideas and like find their way through it, understand what, what should that mean for our product strategy. Um, I think that becomes even more so the case in um open source software. Um, where now, I, now I'm going to work directly with partners. I'm going to work in public. I'm going to seek feedback really early. Um, I think you can actually see it as a great advantage where when you're building um, privately held, like behind closed doors, it's a lot of like, you're just getting internal feedback and we have to strive really hard to reach the user. Um, when you're building open source, you're building in public, like you're ideally managing a community. You're getting early and often feedback from that community. Um, we're getting ready to roll out. We're, we're trialing our first like build in public roadmap roadshow um, oh, wow. for a protocol. We're going to do it. Yeah. We have a, we have a DAO. Um, and so we're going to do it with our DAO community first. So that's still thousands of people, <laughs> but we'll start with our DAO community members and invite them um, into that. And then there will probably come a point where we will just have Twitter space conversations on a regular basis. Wow. What are they like? Gitcoin's talking about what, what's next on their roadmap. And we're not talking yeah. about like polished roadmap. We're talking about like, Oh yeah, this week we tried deploying this and it didn't work. Um, here's what yeah. we learned, or we're wondering about that, or you know, we're going to bring in Ceramic, our you know, our, our partner on the data side, and and have yeah. a conversation with them about how we're building our roadmap um, and start doing yeah. those things in public. How do you expect just your internal processes to change by basically doing product management in public, if at all? Um, I don't expect them to change at all, actually. Really? Um, okay. Not really. Like I think. At least for me, I think I had a unique experience coming from Pivotal and even like I, I built in a Pivotal Labs way in my years before I was at Pivotal. Um, I think a lot of the process is still the same for me. It's iterative, um, it's milestone based, ship quickly, a working software, a software demo frequently. Um, mm -hmm. I think all of those things stay the same. Um, you just ideally, we'll see that, like I said, this is like an experiment. I think I'm, we're still very much trialing the like, can we do the in public? Um, roadmap conversations like as we're building it um yeah but yeah i think ideally like it's all the same the difference is just like we're inviting feedback um more frequently than we would have before awesome well as i look at as I look at our coffee i think we've all finished it so i think that about wraps up our product coffee episode for today Lindsay, it's been an absolute pleasure um really fascinating to hear Every, about everything you're doing at Gitcoin and, and really kind of the future of product management in a lot of ways based on some really modern technology. So thanks for your time. And to everyone who's listening, please go take an opportunity to level up. This has been Product Coffee, produced and engineered by me, Kevin Gentry. 
Through our podcast partner, Anchor, you can now record a voice message and send us ideas or topics to cover, and who knows, we might end up playing it on the show. You can also become a supporter of Product Coffee by contributing a monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Product Coffee on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cut! Uh, <laughs> hey, we didn't give them an assignment. I was thinking, I was yeah. like, we didn't give them a book assignment. <laughs> well, you did about a doubt. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just public, looking yeah. at the time. Like, all right, we gotta get. We just gotta do it. We gotta cut it. We could <laughs> add a little segment in here. Hey, everybody, your homework assignment is what was the name of the book, Lindsay, that you mentioned? Building in public. Building in building in public. public. Everybody, your homework assignment is to go read Building in Public. That, I don't know. Kevin, Kevin, another guy, can, can slice that in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>